Welcome to Bangalore Bits. Hi, Subhu. Hello. So, um, so what was the news? I mean, the Australia-India series <laughs> is just <laughs> so disappointing to start. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> anyway, I'm just still looking forward for one day and T20 stuff. Yeah. So I'm not last hopes. They did a good batting and we don't have enough bowling power to compete in Australia. So. Yeah, and also I think uh, Steve Smith is in some... Phenomenal form of his life. Yeah. So, uh, it just the uh, the world ended or wrapped the CS 2016. Yeah, okay. Uh, that is the, I don't know if it's still the popular electronic show, but it is, yeah. it's very widely popular across uh, the world, the right? Most of the mainstream media has beaten it to death. Yeah. Right, so, so Let's do some some of the products which Correct. like kind of interest. So I was about to tell that. So yeah. what is there left for us to talk? So <laughs> I think we'll pick only the very key niche yeah. uh, futuristic technology, uh, if you will, right? Yeah. Uh, rather than just talking about uh, the general electronics, which is like <clears throat> very widely covered yeah. in almost all media, actually. Correct. Yeah. Uh, either it be the fitness trackers, wearables, yeah. VR headsets. Right. Yeah. We, we won't talk. And one more thing to note about CES is also that uh, uh, some of them which is announced in CES, they they, they end up coming and they, some of them will vanish. I mean, right. at least following it for the last couple of years, what I have seen is that uh, some of them get con- converted into different product and some of them will never see you see you never see them in the market. So we, what I was thinking is we'll do some we'll do an episode where. What are some of those promising technologies? It may not, these products may not be there, but they you will see different products based on these technologies kind of thing as well. Yeah. Okay. So, so to begin with, uh, the driverless car, at least in uh, in US, mm-hmm. uh, is picking momentum. Yeah. I think there were some reports that uh, they may see driverless cars on uh, US roads as early as 2020. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure whether. That's doable, but that seems to be the uh, overall direction what the technology Correct. is heading towards. Yeah, I mean, like we are seeing Google in in the run, uh, Tesla in the run, uh, Merck is already in the run. Yeah, and uh, I mean, so all major uh, auto players auto are players are are doing. Yeah, um, and and I think recently California has passed a law saying driverless cars should have a steering wheel. So. Yeah. So we don't know. I am still skeptical about how okay. whether it will ever happen in India. Okay. Uh, considering our uh, roads, right? Uh, considering our chaotic. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Let's see. So, but I think uh, uh, Nvidia, which is uh, one of the major uh, semiconductor technology provider, right? right yeah. Uh, uh, primarily into GPU manufacturing. Right. Yeah. So they are into this game, and they have launched. Um, or they have announced uh-huh. uh, a, a sort of a, like is it you call it as a processor uh, or a yeah it's it's it's, or, a, it's I mean a, they call it a new computer for cars right? yeah That's so it's like it's a it's a chipset which basically combines twelve CPUs correct so that that I uh, I found very interesting mm-hmm. um, and uh, I think uh, you want to talk about that uh, in detail what is that and how it will help okay like so, car manufacturers 
Uh, I don't know in detail. I'm not sure about it. But what I see is that uh, if you take if you take example like Google or uh, Tesla, these companies, they're more or less primarily using some sort of ARM-based. Uh, they're building some kind of software stack on on top of right. ARM-based uh, hardware. Uh, I mean, like, there are so many components to this automated uh, car drive. I mean, automated driving is there. Like one is recognition, uh, nav sets, data data navs for specific locations and stuff like that so i mean like the more computational power is uh, better uh, because they need i mean one of those uh, thing which i saw with the nvidia announcement is it can continuously take 12 streams of 12 camera streams input and then process them simultaneously right. so some, uh, some, uh, probably the guys like google and other guys are doing something like their own custom stack to do right. achieve something similar to this uh, i mean i don't know about who's going to adopt this or something like that but what it will at least do is it will it will propel uh, some of the homegrown hobbyist to move ahead and right. make use so, of it yeah. where i found this interesting is uh, so far whatever google has done or other companies have done oh. uh, seems to be very close right yeah. in the sense that the whole technology is owned by them it's not really i mean the hardware software together is owned Correct. by them yeah. but what this enables now we have like a sort of a, like a technology which is yeah, it's like an hard which you can yeah. license it's a base platform Correct. Kind of. which means any company any auto manufacturers can actually yeah. venture into this and not really invest on building all the uh, self drive capabilities Correct, right yeah. so th- this whole thing is available as a technology to take a license i think even the hardware is going to be launched um, as per their keynote yeah. and so that is pretty pretty promising right yeah that, that's one thing yeah and the other thing is this i mean there are so much of ancillary uh, products can be built around this technology is what i see because there's like some kind of Uh, data sets which you need to right. train a location or navigation and stuff like that so all those kind of things can also be built and then licensed by many third party vendors so it is like one is an hardware stack which needs to be there and other one is the cloud capability which yeah. needs to be there so uh, if if you are in a navigational company you need not worry about too much about uh, building a self driving car hardware and then you can just continuously focus on the navigational part of it and then Yeah, I think as per the uh, the whatever the keynote or the news, uh, they already are working with some of the major car manufacturers like Audi, yeah, Daimler, BMW, and Ford. They are all using this system to to develop their <coughs> self-driving okay. cars. It looks like yeah. So, so <coughs> it's, it's like more or less what we are seeing is like like the early stages of mobile or Windows. Right. Yeah. So you have set up hardware manufacturer, and then there are set of software guys who can just. go together and then there will be other companies yeah. who will continue to invest who has got the know how on both the sides will continue to invest on both like both hardware and software also so okay so that's on um, the i mean just to continue on the car right. uh, ecosystem uh-huh. i think uh, ford introduced uh, an alexa uh, integration with their ford sync platform right right uh, yeah so So for folks who don't know, Alexa is actually the hub, um, yeah. which, or the actual the virtual assistant, which sits in your Amazon Echo hardware, right. uh, which is basically a, a virtual assistant hardware you buy from Amazon, okay. and it is completely voice driven. Uh, you can do today. I think you can do pretty much uh, like everything around Amazon, yeah. right? like shopping or. Yeah. 
playing music playing video from amazon all those yeah things. right yeah so uh, why do you it's it's in a kind of a uh, non goi interface uh, so it's just voice right. interface you buy so voice enable yeah. yeah so you just buy this hardware which just uh, sits in a in a corner of a house uh, so you can just invoke the hardware by calling it a name right uh, anybody at home you can just add their uh, uh, the purchase list which they want to add in the amazon or they want to play a music or and then it is a developer platform so there are different services are getting integrated with alexa so the more other other hardware you buying if it has got an integration with alexa then you should be able to trigger those actions from alexa i mean by triggering via alexa so so why do you why do you think this is different than what apple's carplay uh, has siri mainly mm-hmm. right yeah. so how is this different from that so i uh, the way i look at it, the siri is most morely mo- more of uh, mobile driven uh, and then there are a lot of other applications which needs to feed them uh, apple or anybody else like i mean apart from amazon i have not seen anyone who has got only voice only interface for iot kind of a setup actually okay i mean you mean as a product yeah uh, either apple or google doesn't have yeah, google or nest <coughs> i mean none of them have right right uh, all of them has some kind of an iot flavor but it, they are all mostly driven via kind of an a gui and then correct, correct. mobile and stuff like that so this is one of the very unique product where you just complete primary interfaces via your voice so what use cases you saw uh, or at least what you saw as announcement on the f- forcing thing yeah uh, and the one you were saying right so uh, i think it's especially useful for us uh, where you live in a cold country where you should be able right, to yeah. uh, so before i start uh, and if it's like freezing temperature you can tell your car to start and heat up yeah right so uh, to an ideal temperature yeah. right so and the other thing could be something like if you are one of those guys who uh, who always have a doubt with did i lock my car after ah, yeah. getting into your <laughs> home right so you can remotely lock from your yeah re- i don't know whether you can remotely lock but i can at least you can ask alexa whether the car is locked or not Okay. Yeah, I think there is also an option uh, feature or at least the uh, the new story said that you can actually lock and lock. Okay. Right. Okay. So, uh, yeah, those some of the interesting use cases so uh, few other things I think these are related to your uh, fuel levels. Yeah. Uh, the mileage which it can which which it can go. Yeah, based uh, on your driving a, pattern or right, something. Right. Before a refuel cell like say you can decide if you have a very urgent meeting in the morning you know you don't have time to refill yeah you can say whether will it go till my office right yeah. which is I mean, probably just yeah. few kilometers right that's in, so i mean the thing which we need to understand here is that you are able to do all this thing sitting at your home not in the car basically i think both are there right yeah both yeah. are there but i mean like primarily i'm saying like the use case is more of like uh from my home if i can just do these things it's just like really good right like yeah I think uh, imagine if this integrates with your driverless car. Yeah, right. It'll be really nice. I mean, I can just remotely tell okay, yeah. uh, tell the car to <laughs> go and pick up somebody, right? Yeah, I mean like you can schedule the car to pick up yeah. kids or like whatever. And if somebody else at home also can do that. Right. Yeah. That that's that's really interesting. Yes. So and all this you are doing uh, not using any application or anything. You're just using your voice to command everything as well. Right. So which is also another good thing. So, so you are eliminating authentication pins yeah. everything here actually so talking about kids uh, i think the other interesting gadget uh, uh-huh. which was announced um, i think this was 
been there for some time i believe uh, it's a startup called uh, owlet uh-huh. so they they what they are doing is basically working on a wearable uh, for some time now uh, which is not a fitness tracker or any of those step counters right, yeah, which is like so many of them today right yeah so this is a smart sock mm-hmm. uh, which is meant for uh, babies okay um, i think newborns basically and uh, to measure their uh, heart rate and blood oxygen levels uh-huh. uh, which is probably very important in the early stages right okay so uh, is it very important for premature babies or for all of them i don't know whether uh, okay. it is different but i think it is important at least the initial okay period uh, or maybe the first month or so it's 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 very important to okay and uh, to keep monitoring that so i think this one actually uh, enables you to uh, monitor these so two. the socks has set of sensors which will continuously monitor yeah. okay. and then it uh, it obviously relates to a smartphone and you can actually mm. set up some alerts and right okay uh, if it drops beyond a certain I mean, measurement it can alert a parent, yeah. and they or it, you can even configure to send an alert to somebody. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean the, the I mean right now what I see with all these trackers is right now they are more are looking at like collecting data basically. They are not building interesting services around them actually. Right. So I think probably once as the next generation all these products, so if they start building little bit of intelligence around this sock, they should be able to able to even alert a doctor or. A, analyze a pattern in the background or something right are they doing it now i don't know actually i don't know uh, yeah. but i think it is it's an app driven thing right and yeah. there is obviously a cloud backend so okay. they, they can do yeah, all, all those things are just an easier thing to do yeah. uh, using some sort of an api and a backend correct platform, right? and all these trackers right now are doing only the data collection part of it which is what really just i mean i'm getting pissed off because I, I use some of these trackers but they don't give any value added services they only collect the data and then just show me the nice graphs right yeah i think it is very early stages still right so the, the ecosystem has to develop okay. where uh, this can be used by like the healthcare providers right. uh, to and give us some we are just generating all data set right now right. let's see whether any value added services are getting built in the later let us see okay so that's on that um, the other uh, important or maybe a futuristic looking uh, i mean a tech standard uh-huh. is the uh, is the wifi halo wifi halo yeah okay uh, it's it's spelled as h a l o w but it's you can pronounce as halo okay so it is uh, i mean you want to talk about it? it it seems to be an answer to bluetooth right oh. it is specifically designed for uh your uh, smart devices your wearables all right yeah um i mean you know more about that uh so see i mean like one of the problems when you have like if you're buying a lot of iot devices right uh one of the biggest issue with wifi is that basically it just drains the battery correct of the devices so what happens is like you you need i mean when these devices are extremely small you are going to basically have smaller correct uh, smaller battery in size and so on so so i mean like why some of these manufacturers are not using wifi is because it just drains them yeah so they either go with bluetooth or some proprietary their own protocols right. which they i mean the, their own protocol connectivity standards they try to build and stuff like that so but the problem here is that i mean you, you there are only very limited um, um, i mean the uh, the wavelength we have got 
and mm. we can endlessly keep adding them actually so what wifi is trying to do wifi alliance is trying to do here is that build a low power uh, i mean low uh, wavelength 900 gigahertz so he so that wifi alliance i mean the, the new halo should be able to uh, help those devices consume less power right and then uh, it is it is it is uh, an extension to the upcoming yeah uh, 802.11a yeah. standard so we have been having ac ac now yeah uh, ac itself i don't know whether it is still approved or not i don't know as far as the last i've seen it is in the in works okay not sure it's been approved so the uh, one advantage you should be getting i mean like uh, whatever uh, theoretically they have been proposing when we see them in the products uh, ideally it should reduce the amount of power consumption these devices do yeah so that is should be one thing and and other thing here is that wifi or bluetooth we are mixing so many features into it like audio streaming or right. like so and then what wifi halo is trying to do here is just segregate all that keep that as only it is not for a data transfer or a browsing or anything it can only do inter, i mean discrete uh, asynchronous transmission right. like okay. so that way it is like i mean it is not going to do all other things like completely end to end data transfer mm-hmm. or verification mm-hmm. and stuff like that. so those are some of the good things i saw uh, and maybe it, it should i mean like if whatever they are saying if they can able to get it out working uh, it should be really an interesting uh, addition and other best thing thing could be something like you buy a router it automatically comes in with that every devices you buy if the, if the device is compatible with halo then Yeah but we are looking at a timeline i think they are going Two to start certifying um, devices only by 2018 it's like another couple of years yeah right and uh, by the time you see mainstream adoption it may be another yeah another four, year or so yeah, right yeah. so it's we're looking at 4 5 years time yeah. but but i think any technology will definitely help iot uh, yeah uh, devices yeah. right which is today uh, which is not really great in terms of uh, I mean battery efficiency, Correct. and many of these devices need like a like a smartphone or something for it to communicate, right. which I feel is a bigger hindrance, especially for even for activity trackers. Yeah. I need to carry around my smartphone everywhere for it to synchronize anything Correct. meaningful, right? And, and many or of these IoT, yeah, many of the IoT vendors also adding multiple radios. They are adding a GSM stack, they are adding a Wi-Fi stack, they are adding a Bluetooth stack. Right. So then, what happens is all this will it'll basically consume more power actually. So Yeah so I mean it is essential for wifi I mean guys to wake correct, it is yeah. kind of a wake up call for them to do that yeah. So uh, we'll keep a tap on this and see how this mm-hmm. uh, shapes along but I think this was definitely one of the uh, interesting yeah. uh, technology standard which uh, many companies are trying to yep uh, I mean at least propose And another one similarly was uh, wireless power Yeah. Um <laughs> which sounds even more futuristic. Right. There are many companies I believe is is working on this. Mm-hmm. Uh you want to talk about that any sp- yeah, so specific company and like wireless charging there are two things one we are seeing basically based on the 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 chi the qi the induction based. yeah induction based. No, so we are not talking about that. Yeah. So that basically works is that you need to have a coil or some kind of a thing embedded yeah, yeah base station somewhere and then So IKEA I remember seeing uh, IKEA adding that in their own furniture and stuff like that so so I that is one uh, one many, way of phone, many phones have today right? I, I believe uh, Motorola has 
the Nexus series is most of yeah. them. Yeah. Lumia yeah. series has. Uh, Samsung, most of the devices. Yeah. So that is pretty common. Yeah. Uh, but this, this is what you're talking about is completely wireless. Right. right? So okay. it's like you can keep your device anywhere in your home or in office or while commute. Mm-hmm. And you have like a transmitter and receiver installed in your home, yeah. which can send this power. Yeah, via uh, radio waves, basically. Or radio waves. Yeah, we so really so don't know the inner in technology. Yeah, but uh, ideally, I mean, uh, theoretically, that is how they're correct. building it. Basically. And uh, it actually can handle up to 12, 15 devices in your home and yeah. it can actually transmit power. Uh, yeah. So basically, you have to install the transmitters wherever you keep your devices in your yeah. home, right? So, I mean, the advantage there you see is that uh, even if the device has extremely small battery, uh, it should it should be able to continuously charge itself automatically with the Wi-Fi. Right. Especially those devices, let's say, for example, Apple Watch, which you need yeah. to recharge every, uh, I mean, every night. Right. Yeah. And security cameras. Or right. And if, imagine if you have this technology at your home and while commuting in office, you pretty much are looking at 100% charged yeah. device all the time absolutely so we really don't know what is the uh, health implications of this yeah. technology yeah. Um, there are and I, I don't know whether FCC has approved no I, I don't know okay uh, but I think there are few companies are working on I think one one company which I saw was Energis okay um, who seems to be I mean little advanced in this they are saying that technology you can uh, partner with them and license the technology and integrate it into your product okay and uh, there are a few other companies also uh, apart from them okay. uh, working on this. Well, I mean, like it's really interesting if it is does not have any health hazard and stuff like that. So, I mean, this should boost IoT again another to next level because you can have a smaller devices coming with extremely small battery and yeah. which can just... No, the other, other thing is uh, many of these IoT sensors, if you look at right, uh-huh. because of this power constraint, yeah. uh, they are very weak devices okay. or low power devices right they can't do much by themselves yeah. they can only transmit only few data and they also become a point of failure right yeah. and uh, by having this kind of thing those systems um, i mean those edge devices can be more smarter and more powerful which yeah. means it can take some local decisions by itself it Correct. doesn't need to always communicate to another hub or a cloud or something yeah yeah, like uh, it can, yeah, you can just add more features because the 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 processing power can jump because you are not consuming battery. All yeah. Time. yeah, considering the hardware price coming down, I yeah. think the IoT devices are not get, I mean, getting that mainly because of the battery right. um, technology constraints, right? So if you mix hollow and uh, wireless charging, it should. I mean, another four four years, we should be able to see button size IoT devices doing magical stuff. Right. right? Yeah. So, which can locally do stuff, right? Yeah. So, you probably configure once and it gets everything, all the configuration data locally and it doesn't need any internet connectivity, right? right? So, it can so, do so many local, yeah. which, which is very important, especially uh, in, in a connected world where you have some internet breakdown or whatever happens, yeah. right. your critical systems need to function, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it like could be your security system, your, yeah. your thermostats at your home. Yeah. It is important they work irrespective of your network connectivity. Absolutely. So it's like kind of a LAN versus VAN kind of scenario. Right. Like, so, yeah. so these are the few which we want to talk about, I guess. Anything yeah, else? I, have, I mean, there are a lot of TV news are there. One good thing I liked about it is that the uh, companies are moving away from 3D, so which I'm extremely happy. Oh, that's, I'm really yeah. happy about it. <laughs> so they're packing like 8, 8K, 4K yeah. TVs more. So 
i don't know they are like still we don't have content for 8k or uh, 4k to not watch. even for 4k i guess yeah mm. we don't have and i don't know whether beyond 4k is there possibility of is there any possibility for your eyes to differentiate mm. also i don't know right. yeah. maybe you have to sit in a particular corner and <laughs> Or you need to have such a dimension screen. Screen, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Or, uh, and even you have a screen also, you have to geometrically sit in one place to see the difference probably. I, I mean, this is sort of trying to, uh, I mean, become like this megapixel war which was happening in yeah. digital cameras, right? At a certain point, it wasn't making any sense. Right. It doesn't matter whether you have 32 megapixel or 40 or whatever megapixel, right? Uh, as long as you print is fine. Uh, yeah, I mean, nobody is going to print. I, yeah. I don't know how many people are, I mean, average people like us. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we are not like professional photographers. Ooh. Yeah, print them. Who do yeah. like this, I mean, like even a portrait printing or whatever. We most of the time look on computers or small screens. So larger megapixel doesn't make any sense. But but I think it kind of created a byproduct of building, packing more pixels into it, which I, right. I think that kind of helped actually. Even though the size of the image doesn't help, but over a period of what happened was we started packing more pixels into the same size actually. Mm. So that started giving us more clarity actually. Yeah. Okay. I mean we don't know if we get some byproduct out of 4K TVs. So yeah, possible. <laughs> So that's uh, uh, but but I overall I wasn't really excited about this year's uh-huh. CES announcements, right? Okay. I, I think it was. I mean, like uh, nothing great was really announced. Yeah, that's true. But I, I mean, like for me, the takeaway could be something like uh, automated cars, uh, drones, uh, or I mean, the VR, which we have not touched. All those those are mainstream media covered a lot. Uh, and for VR, I think there are a lot of use cases out there, which is very interesting use cases. And but the camera technology also needs to improve for VR to even for normal, for for normal people to go about creating their content kind of a thing for VR. So we we didn't talk about it because we were not physically there. Yeah. So and we, as well, we have not experienced VR. That yeah, much. right. So uh, you can't really talk about VR unless you have really experienced, experienced it. Yeah. Uh, and to that extent, even those TVs and other things. I think mm-hmm. we today touched upon only those hardcore underlying technologies yeah and uh, which are like extremely promising kind of yeah um, and those specifications which are very important actually okay. so with that that's our episode I guess yep and so talk to you next week on maybe a, a very interesting I mean a technology focused yeah. topic okay. rather than a sort of a roundup what we did this week right okay All right. with that bye yeah bye bye bye